Welcome back, E3, Pipe Dreams Podcast. Once again, we're back in Chuckwalla, uh, in the Ocho, in the garage, hanging out here. Corey Alexander, as always, my longtime buddy, hanging out, mascot, running around, Fezaru. <laughs> we got him locked in today. And we've got a great guest. I'm super excited about this one. Arguably, probably, sensation. Kayla Yakov. Yakov. <laughs> welcome welcome to Pipe Dreams. <laughs> Thanks for coming by the Ocho. Thank you. We hey, love you it. keep talking my head up. <laughs> just make you sit here. I'm like, man. <laughs> no, it's a big deal. I mean, uh, you know, we both were, were doing some research and learned some things that we didn't even know. And uh, you're only 15 years old, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So it's kind of crazy because we were like, you know, we've had some some friends of ours. We had Joe Roberts, the first one, and Johnny Lewis, who's uh, he's definitely getting old. And, and then we were like, <laughs> how are we going to go back to talking to, you know, somebody a little bit younger? Uh, we had to you know, think about keeping it PG. Well, cause I, <laughs> I've never talked with you personally. And then I had 20 minutes with you and I, I was talking to JP and Corey. I'm like, man, this girl's polished. Like it was really easy to talk with you. And I was like, man, I don't think I was that polished at 15. <laughs> I think I was a little wild Imagine child. you going on the Today Show at 15? No chance, man. <laughs> I'd be just deer in headlights like that intro. So, yeah. <laughs> So tell us about that. You were just uh, you just did the Today Show, which is a pretty big deal for you, huh? Yeah, yeah, it was pretty cool. Um, kind of how it came about. It was, you know, the Moto America guys wanted me to do some stuff for them, and it kind of all just came together. Um, not only did I want to like promote racing, but I kind of wanted to promote my side of it. And I thought my my story last year was really cool, and the Today Show kind of came into that. We had a few other um, things come up. At the, in the middle of the season, I should say, but those didn't really go through, and I'm glad we got something like the Today Show, and they they really heard me, and were they were able to make something that I was actually really happy with. How does that work um, in terms of like? I, don't, I assume you don't have a publicist or something like that. Do they call your dad and be like, "Hey, yeah. we want her on the show"? But yeah, so I don't even have a manager or anything yet. So it's <laughs> it's like basically. I've been working, <laughs> everything's been going through Moto America and they've been just throwing things at, you know, myself and, and my dad. And we've just kind of been going off of that, even with like sponsors and opportunities like that. It's all been, you know, through my dad. So <laughs> that's really cool. That's really cool. What, um, they came out to Jennings. That's where you were, you were yeah. riding. Yeah. They came out to Jennings. It was a little bit different than kind of a lot of people expect to go for that first racetrack. And, uh, I think it was cool though, because you kind of get to see, an aspect of it that not a lot of people will see at a regular racetrack, maybe. And just, you know, obviously it was a track day. So, you know, you have different elements of it there too. Um, but I think it was good for Jennings as well because I, I love that track. I go there all the time. And uh, to, to ride the R6, I mean, it was good. And to just, uh, especially, I guess, publicity-wise. Yeah, because I think Jennings is like a true racetrack. It's been around for so long. It's kind of got some history a lot of big teams have been there. A lot of, you know, uh, racers that, you know, come through the ranks have been there. And I feel like it's one of those, like, starting yeah, I, points. I just rode a bike. I, just rode I was going to bring it up <laughs> last time we were at Jennings. Um, Richie wasn't happy with that one. <laughs> uh, Where was yeah. that at? You got to tell me about that one, though. I can't, you can't just leave me hanging on that. Well, so we were there. Uh, pre, it was when we used to race Daytona, just in like super sport when super sport was, you know, they had two different classes mm -hmm. back when we were long time ago. That was yeah. 10 years ago. <laughs> back in my day. Back in my day. Back when we were about your age, uh, we were, we were racing in super sport and we would do a test before we went to Daytona. So this was probably what, like late February. Yeah. So around the same time, 
um, which you know is like pretty chilly down there. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we did the whole day. Everything was pretty good. We were all happy. And then at the end, they were like, let's go do some practice starts. <laughs> so we were uh, on the front straightaway. We were doing practice starts. And then we'd do a lap and then come back, stop, and do it again. Well, it must have been, I think it was literally like the last one. Hold right? on, you're missing a point. So what happened is, is, you know, when you go through the kink and you kind of get a little bit out of sight. Yeah. We were goofing off a little bit. So, <laughs> I was goofing you know, off, goofing off a little bit. I, I really wasn't. Okay. All right. <laughs> well, so anyway, we did our last ro- round of, of starts and, you know, I went and went through <laughs> and I tipped it into the kink and I just lost the front. Oh, And the bike just fast. slid like. Yeah, forever. Wait, which one? The, the first, I think it was the first right. Yeah, yeah. Because the whole thing yeah. left, and then you just That's go in. So and, fast. And I'm yeah. a deer in headlights. I'm like, <laughs> and I wasn't even like, man, I didn't even. You know, what was so bad is I didn't even think about, hey, is Corey okay? <laughs> I just rolled back, and I was like, man, we're gonna get in so much trouble. <laughs> like, yeah, you probably don't realize. So that's my uncle Richie back there, and so he's been. He was the one that I had to deal with when I got back to the truck. So. <laughs> Uh, that probably, probably wasn't a great conversation when you first uh, got back. Not when it was the, the <laughs> second day of testing and we were like loading up to go yeah. to two Daytona, yeah. brand new bikes, oh. brand new paint. We had like these really cool tanks that had like silver and black stars, stars all over them that were like not cheap to paint. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, that's great. Yeah. So sounds like your time at Jennings was a little bit better than than our last time. Yeah, there. I don't I don't think I've ever actually crashed there, which is like surprising because I've been I've been going there for a while. And they were that was one of the first tracks I went to when I started, I think, um, which was <laughs> you, technically I, w- I shouldn't have been going there, but that kind of happened with every track that I went to when I first started out on the on the bigger bikes. But just because you were too young, yeah, yeah, yeah. When did you start riding the bigger bikes? So Weir let me race at nine, and Whoa. which wasn't supposed to be a thing on the big <laughs> bikes, but it happened. So I, I when became you say, when you say big bikes, what do you? Or well, big bikes for like me, yeah, when I was little, a... uh, yeah. So I first. My first big bike, well, big bike race was on a, uh, I think it was a, either NSF 250 or Milwaukee 250, one or the other. Okay. And uh, I was doing that because I did have a Metric Kit 125, but that that thing was just it it's crazy. Up. I rode one of those. I went to that like Cup pre Red Bull Rookie Cup. Yeah. Trial. No, no, no. This is Metric Kit. Like this is pre the Red Bull Rookie Cup. Oh really? Yeah, that's saying some age now that's for me. That's what they had us do at the Red Bull Rookie Cup. Trial. Yeah, this Metric Kit's things, crazy. Like, I did the first one in Spain, and I remember rolling up, and I was a dirt tracker, so. I had no shot. These kids are like running around, you know, like on a track day before we show up. And I remember rolling out, learn, trying to learn Valencia of all places. Yeah, I didn't make it through the first cut. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You could probably talk about that a little bit. So you did two years in the European Cup over there or was it just last year? Yeah, just just one year. So, well, it was like basically I did the uh, it was the whatever Blue Crew European R3 Cup. Mm-hmm. And so it run it ran alongside World Superbike. And so in, in 2021, which would be my first year professionally racing, um, I got into it at 13, um, just coming off of club racing, never done anything professional. So it was just kind of a big, big eye-opening experience. And, uh, you know, we did that. We did, I think the whole season was like five or six rounds. We did, we did every one except for one race um, at the end, which I, it was between either I would race Barber or... Catalonia and I picked Barber and which I was pretty happy with because I got my first podium there but um yeah I did I did that and then this past season um I did one super finale race at Portimao oh, okay. yeah so yeah okay and that's where you got second race too yep podium that was so pretty was, cool yeah it was, it was cool 
and like uh, third overall in like their little championship thing that they did. Was it like a two race deal? Or yeah, it was two it, race. So like like a moto style kind of deal. Yeah, yeah, kind of like that. Yeah, it was it was cool because um, well the thing was when we when we did Blue Crew, it, you get one free practice. It's thirty minutes, Super Bowl thirty minutes, and two races. That's the only track time you have. Wow. So no warm ups or anything, which is kind of crazy going back to like to some of my other races. But that weekend, it was it was really cool to kind of see my progression from one year to the next because within my first free practice session, I mean I was eighth and I was super super happy about that because I'd never been to Portimao, and I hadn't been on R three in over a year. And just, it was so cool. That track's wild. Oh, it was awesome. Yeah. yeah. So oh, awesome. Right like, it's got kind of the jump, but not really. Yeah. Like the big roller coaster, I guess. Down <laughs> See, on the R3, you can't, can't really feel it, but, <laughs> yeah, you know, it was, uh, it was cool. Just awesome. I remember walking the track because we came a day or two early and walked it before everyone arrived. And it was just, it was wild. What's it like? Because you were, how old, you're 14 then? For Super Finale? The that last yeah, that when you I was say. I was fifteen then. Oh okay. that was only in October. Okay, so yeah. now what's it like racing in front of, in a World Superbike paddock and in front of all those fans and Yeah, it's you know. it's awesome. I mean, like I remember when I did my first race at Mizano in like early twenty twenty one, I was super nervous because that was my first ever professional race and I'm in front of the World Superbike paddock. Not just like something like Moto America, which is already big, but I'm in front of guys that, you know, Top Rack and Jonathan Ray, all these guys that, you know, I've always looked up to. And uh, just crazy. Just absolutely insane. The butterflies sitting on grid. It was just absolutely insane. And not to say I didn't really feel that um, in Portimao, but it was a lot less. Like I almost, I had a different goal in mind, which kind of helped me. What kind see of goal was that? Well, with my first year, I didn't really, you, you kind of set an expectation for yourself, even if it's a little bit naive, you know, coming off of club racing. But I, I feel like I, uh, when I was going out the first time, it was more of like, I, I wanted to finish well for myself. Like I set a goal for myself, but on the outside, I was like, yeah, I want to do well. But it kind of put me down a little bit because I wasn't doing as well as I wanted to. But when I went to Portimao this last time, I, I knew kind of where I, I would stand. I wanted a top 10, and I knew that that could possibly be possible. And uh, we did better than that, and I was really happy about it. That's Yeah, that's got to be insane, though, like going from there, like feeling the butterflies uh, in your first race and then coming back. But getting on the podium, I mean, there's a picture behind us. And to see, like, to what run through those uh, – you know, where all the fans are going the to the podium. I mean, that's got to be insane. And <laughs> I know, like, Gerloff was there. And to be honest, you know what's crazy is I didn't. I thought you were wearing Gerloff's leathers for a second because it was the 31 <laughs> yeah. and it was Alpine Star. And I was like, that doesn't make any sense. I'm like, when did she well, get an Alpine Star deal? It was, I, they, so they, um, that was from the year prior. I got an Alpine Star, star deal with um, the team I was with before. Um, when I was doing Blue Crew in 2021. So, but for the super finale, they were supposed to give us these suits, whatever suit that was supposed to sponsor the series or whatever. And so I got there and I, I'm like, I'm looking at the suit. I'm like, that dude, that's not going to fit me. That's not going <laughs> to fit me. And so I, I get into it. Like the legs are super long. One leg's bigger than the other. And <laughs> my arms all the way up to like my freaking elbows. And so I go over to like the dude that like runs the whole thing. And I'm like, yeah, I'm. I can't wear that. Like, I was so <laughs> glad I brought my second suit. And he was like, 
get the glove and try again. I'm like, the glove's not going to make a difference. This thing is like up my arm. And so, yeah, it was pretty funny. But yeah, I, I ended up running the, the Alpine Stars Leathers there. And uh, I mean, it, it worked well. It was good that we brought that because if I didn't bring that, <laughs> then I yeah, wouldn't have had anything. So talking about that in that paddock and you were saying that, you know, talking with like Top Rack, I heard you talking earlier about how you said he was cool. Oh, and, he's awesome. You know, tell us about that. And you, do you have a relationship with him still? Or do you still keep in contact by any chance? Or does a he... Little, like a little bit here and there, but like uh, it was it was awesome. Like, so when I, in my first race in Mizano, um, I, like I said, came off of club racing. So I, I'm not really familiar with anything. And I had only had been on the R3 once before. And it kind of making that transition, especially going to, like, a world championship series. It's insane. Going because, from, like, Weira to a see, world championship. Thing, <laughs> it's insane. The craziest thing was, like, the kids who had won the the Blue Crew Cup that I was in, like, some of them went on to podium. Like, one of the kids that I raced against podiumed at Portimao the same weekend I did. So it was really insane. So to go from, say, a world championship rider, you know, podium finisher now, and for me, <laughs> just going doing Weira races, it was just a crazy transition. So I was struggling a lot in in kind of just the way I was riding the bike. I wasn't just I wasn't riding it hard enough. And so he Top Rack, you know, he's just so cool, super down to earth. And he'd come he'd come over to the Blue Crew paddock. Um, we had like this little they call it the village, like our little pit area. And um, he'd come around often and, you know, say hi to people, blah, 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 blah. But I was pitted next to another Turkish rider. So he was talking to him and then he came over to me and started telling me, you know, hey, I'm seeing this. Maybe if you, you're breaking. He told me, he's like, your breaking is really good. And I was just like, <laughs> what? oh, my God, Top Rack just told me my breaking is really Stop good. Rack. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, he told me that and then he was just telling me what I needed to do better. So I was just taking it all in, and it was just super crazy. And we'd follow up because, like I said, each race was with World Superbike, and I talked to him pretty much every weekend. We we were able to go into the Yamaha Hospitality, you know, during lunch and things like that, and I talked to him in there, and it was just it was so cool. Like, to see how nice the guy was, especially considering, you know, he's a world champion, it was crazy. And, uh, yeah, so I come back to Portimao, and... Um, I'm just going through the pits. It's, I think it was after our free practice session and he's riding through on, you know, whatever Yamaha trike thing that he had. <laughs> Wheeling it probably. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, he comes up and he saw, he saw me and he like recognized me and he came up to me and he was like, you know, I've been, you've been doing really good. I like, I've been watching Moto America, like Moto <laughs> so, America Junior so Cup. Cool. He's like, to see that improvement <laughs> is so awesome. And I'm just sitting there like, oh my God. Like Top Rack was like watching Super like Moto America, and he it was really cool to hear him like especially coming from him say say that he saw that improvement and he was like happy for me seeing seeing that and um, it was just awesome awesome experience. That's really insane. Cool. That's insane, especially the king of breaks <laughs> saying yeah. that you break well. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I think uh, I heard you saying that's like one of the things that you feel like you're really strong at. Yeah, uh, where does that come from? You think? I don't know. I'm not <laughs> sure at all. Like, it's the same with the rain. Like, a lot of people ask me that, too. Like, oh, why do you think you're good in the wet? I just, I, I don't know. I, maybe it's just feel the way I ride. But um, I'm just really confident with my front end. And I, I feel like I have a good idea of what, 
what my limit is. Mm -hmm. Well, it's kind of crazy. Like last year, I would say, I mean, you you were definitely the latest breaker in the in the junior cup, like yeah, for sure. by I'd... far. Like I don't I don't see anybody that matched up to you. If it was side by side, it, you <laughs> like every time. Like I think you had their number with that the whole time. That's kind of crazy um, when you think about like your like come up and how it's just. I don't know how to say it. Did but. you did you like want to be good at breaking? Was that something you had to like work on and like they really focused on, or is that just I mean, something that not really? No. I I think a lot of it maybe it could have came from the fact that when I was racing in Weira, I would always race against bigger bikes. So I'd maybe maybe it was part of me just trying to make up time because my bike wasn't fast in a straight line. I needed to be fast in the corners. So that could be part of it, but I feel like a lot of the other kids did the same thing. You know, they, they kind of grew up in the same way, either doing Weira or CCS, um, racing with bigger bikes, mm -hmm. but that could be part of it. I just, I, I always enjoyed it. I always thought it was fun. Like, that was always my, my favorite part of racing was braking and being late on the brakes, especially now, too, being on, a, on the R7. It's, it's super fun. Do you think that translates on the R7 or even now that you jumped on an R6? Can you still... Um, cause it's a bigger bike, mm -hmm. you know, uh, being 15 and, you know, being a younger person trying to ride that. I remember when I got on one at 14 at Freddie Spencer school, I noticed the weight. Yeah. And so yeah. is that something you're still like, do you feel it or do you like the bigger bike already? Oh, I love the bigger bike. Okay. I love <laughs> That's it. Awesome. I mean, like, obviously it feels a lot heavier and feels a lot different in many ways, but like, especially coming off the 400. I never want to go back. I mean, <laughs> like, just the bike feels like an actual motorcycle. Like, and you're able to ride the thing and, and slide it around and have that power to get you out of the corners and, you know, do things that you, you need to do. And then you can just have fun with it. Mm -hmm. Really, with the 400, you can't, you can ride it around, but it's not really that fun. But if I want to have, like, a fun time and I'm just at Jennings spinning laps, you know, I can just come out and get sideways on the R6 and know my limit on the R6 is, you know, how sideways I can get. And just, you know, even stopping the bigger bikes is really fun because it takes more effort. And I kind of like that. I like that it takes more effort. And it makes it more fun, especially once you start to get faster and see results come. It just makes everything better. What, um, when you were, like, you went from we are here, obviously, which... You know, I know we are now is not as competitive as it was even when we were younger, and it was really competitive prior to that. But when you went over to Europe, what was the the biggest thing you took away, like riding around those guys? I know, like talking with Joe, the biggest thing is aggression, right? Mm -hmm. Do you think like that's kind of played a role in how aggressive you are as well? Like coming back here and watching you, I think like one of the most aggressive people in the class. So it's like fun to watch, but you know, it seems like a little bit of that European edge of where you come back and and you have that. Is that is that the case? Yeah, I think. You know, like I said, for me, I've always kind of been in that. So I've had to make those passes even in spots. And I think when I was when I was little, not to say I'm not small now, <laughs> but when I was, you know, riding mini bikes and I, I never I was never good at passing. And especially when I used to race in New Jersey, I was just never, never good. Uh, I used the, the funniest thing is I used to race with a lot of the kids I'm riding with now, like yeah. Joe, Gus, Ben, uh, Spencer like I, I can name a bunch Maz Brandon like all these guys I, I kind of grew up with um in some sort and then I just was never really good at New Jersey and I felt like I wasn't really given a bunch of opportunity and then Josh Heron came or we heard about the Heron compound 
and we came down to the Heron compound and started riding there. And Josh helped me a lot. And, you know, I met Blake Davis there and just, I was able to really elevate my riding. And I was riding with people like Ashton Yates too. And they were all really fast on 150s. So I got a 150, started racing with them. And I learned I had to be aggressive. And with riding with Josh, who's, you know, obviously one of the most aggressive people in Moto America, you know, we were bumping and hitting every every race and it kind of just showed me that I needed to do that and once I got into bigger bikes it maybe leveled out a little bit because obviously once you're on a little bike you don't really care as much but once you're going faster it it kind of plays a little bit of a part but I think definitely going to Europe there there were a few things that were different and you the way they ride it's not so much like in the race it's much different than I was used to but it was like practices and qualifying it was just so cutthroat and you had to be there at all times and you had to get up to speed so quick and that was like I I couldn't wrap my head around a lot of the things that they were doing um when I was over there for that first year like 2021 for me I feel like was just like I was intaking like I was absorbing all this information but at the same time I wasn't really taking it it was just kind of you know sitting on me and I felt like that off season going into 2022 I was able to really absorb it and I was able to understand what was going on and understand what these fast guys were actually doing and so that that played a huge part I think in in a lot of the things that I did this year and how I was riding and obviously aggression wise no that's totally understandable I remember my first race in BSB or when I did that wildcard mode too and it was they FP1 was so cutthroat I I was like, are you kidding me? It's like 40 degrees out. And they're, <laughs> and they're, like you're half second off the lap record yeah. or it's like half wet and whatnot. Now, you say that you've raced with all the kids that you're racing against now and you grew up with them. So you're kind of, you know, in that group. Now, when did you go to Europe? Did you notice that, did they race you any different? Like because you were um, female or? Not, no, not really. I be, Because I feel like it's almost more normal there than it is here. Um, hmm. I think in some ways... They don't like being beat. They don't like being beat. Like, the guys here don't like being beat either. But they really don't like it. <laughs> I mean, I remember our first year, there were there was, like, a few rounds towards the end of the season that I really started to kind of pick up a few more things. Not necessarily pick up all of it, but I was able to start to get faster and faster and move up the field a little bit more. It was <laughs> like they, I could see they were starting to get a little bit more aggressive and you know whatever but yeah uh besides that i think it was it was all right (laughs) okay because i mean we raced elena i've raced shana texter my whole life so i mean i don't race them any different no and i was just interested (laughs) like you don't like when you grow up with when you grow up with shana or racing elena it's like and you hear i mean gus did a podcast with uh sean and and paul you know in moto with moto america and he said the same thing you know, you don't race anyone any differently. And he was like, she's probably most the most aggressive, and you kind of have to match that. So no matter what, you're going to have aggressive people. And I, I see everyone else the same, I, you know, and they probably see me the same. So, yeah, that's just kind of how I see it. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's always interesting because, you know, I mean, like watching you ride, if you didn't know you were a girl, like – I don't mean that in a bad way, but typically, like, girls seem to in the past when you watch some of the other girls that have come through – uh, they tend to be a little bit less aggressive in certain instances. I don't know if it's just, you know, 
um, because of the intimidation factor or whatever the case is. I don't, I don't know what, what would cause that, but for you, like there's, you're more aggressive than, than the guys. So it's like, (laughs) it makes it fun to watch. You know what I mean? It's kind of like, I don't want to say like an underdog in a way, but like, I feel like that also helps because everyone's kind of behind you. Like we want you to beat the boys. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. No, it's, it's cool. And I'm like, I've been super fortunate and I'm like, obviously it comes with a lot of hard work and I, especially this off season, I've really been working at it and I really want to do well. Um, but obviously it's, it's about being there and just staying in it till the end. Did you, I think I read somewhere that you started with flat track. Yeah. Yeah. Right, because Pennsylvania is a pretty hot spot. For it's, flat a, track. it's a pretty big hot spot. Yeah. There's a lot of good guys. How long did you race flat? Do you think that has any help in where you're developed your skills from at a young age? Yeah. I think, I mean, you look at a lot of good racers and they, they, a lot of them started in flat track. And, um, you know, even Tyler Scott, like I grew up racing with him. He, he did both. I I met him. He was probably the first road racer that I met. Um, and at the time he was doing primarily flat track. And so like we raced together a lot. Um, he was always kind of in one, maybe one or more classes higher than me, um, just because of our age. But yeah, like I, I didn't get too far in it. I probably, the highest I, I raced, like, CC-wise was, like, 65s, 85s, something like that. But um, I kind of stopped that around, I'd probably say 8, um, and started really focusing on road racing. And because at that point, I, I was doing motocross, road racing, and flat track. Yeah, kind of, the, I mean, I feel like I'm going backwards here, but I read also somewhere that you did the Anaheim KTM. Yeah. Yeah, like, KTM that's junior, junior thing. Yeah. That, how was that? Like, that was that, cool. that must have been your first time in front of a in a stadium with yeah, big audience. It was it was crazy. I mean, like, it kind of all came about in a weird way. Like, I don't remember exactly like the details, but I remember like during Christmas, like my my dad telling me, "Hey, we're gonna like do this." So it was kind of like a Christmas present. That's insane. And I, at the time, like I wasn't, we weren't fully focused on motocross, but it was like okay, we're going to, you know, try to get this and, and do well with it. And that weekend, it snowed really bad at at in Pennsylvania. So my dad plows snow, and it was a big blizzard. And he huge snowstorm. He had to stay home, and I had to go with my mom. And my mom doesn't know much about racing at all. <laughs> so it was kind of like this weird dynamic where it was like I didn't, you didn't really know what to do. I just wanted to go out there and have fun. And luckily, like, the KTM, with with that deal, it was, like, they gave you all the gear, everything you needed. If you needed something, you can ask someone. And it was it was crazy because they tell you, they're, like, you can't jump some of these things. You can't double these things. You just have to single them. And then we skipped the whoop sk- section. And, like, so at that point, I was just kind of, like, I was I was nervous and scared about a lot of stuff because I didn't want them to get mad at me. So I wasn't like over jumping things or whatever. But it was a cool experience. Like I think I got like eighth or seventh really? or eighth. Yeah. It was it was wild. That's insane. <laughs> were, so you were pretty good at motocross too then? So have you yeah. just been na- like naturally good on a bike? It's like did you start by in a bicycle? Like how did you Well, so like with moto, I 
I try to I try to qualify for Loretta's at Tomahawk, which is a close track for me. <laughs> and You're I, I missed than it. Jimmy. I know. Jimmy's I still trying to qualify more. for Loretta's. That, that was I'm on the, that was on a little fifty, but I I missed it by one position, and I was like, man. But either way, it was like I did that. I did some like Motorama stuff, um, like you know indoor arena cross things and uh, flat track. I just did some national th- like little national things whatever um and yeah i just like for i just like being on the bike and that's just my happy space no matter where i'm at so um <laughs> probably now i'm probably not as good doing flat track like i haven't done it in so long yeah. but i think you know with my need to but if i got back into it i'd really like to yeah do you think you would try to like do some cross training in there again would that be something have you like do you your current program are you just on the road race bike permanently right now or do you do cross training at all or on a bicycle or anything yeah like I I, especially when I was staying out with uh Josh and Melissa the last few weeks it was like I was cycling pretty much every day oh nice Josh is gnarly yeah yeah definitely definitely pretty gnarly yeah Yeah. she's she was mainly working on bikes but (laughs) Um, yeah, we went out and there were some windy days, (laughs) but besides, I mean, like I did some flat track in the backyard, just going right (laughs) to not go on my left knee. And that was fun. Like I, I actually really enjoyed it and I miss doing that because really on the road race bike, you don't really get to be sideways like that all the time and like close to people hitting people all the time. (laughs) And, uh, it was a lot of fun and like messing around with a bunch of people. Like they had Hopper come out and Rory Skinner, who's riding on the American racing team for Moto Two this year, and uh, you know uh, Mad- the Madisons came out, um, Robbie and his kids. Awesome. And so it was cool. It was pretty cool to, to do that again. Have you noticed since you got on the bigger bike that it that it is a little bit more cumbersome? Like you feel like you've had to like focus on you know training some certain things a little bit differently than than the the four hundred. Definitely. I mean, like, for the R6, 100%. For the R7, a little bit here and there. And I think with everything, like, like I said, with, with my training, I felt like I've been taking it more seriously. And I think I, I've made that transition a little bit easier. Um, but the biggest thing for me is just, like, separating the way I would ride a 400 from the way I would ride a bigger bike. Which you talked about how you had to basically do the opposite from, like, when you rode the R7 where it was like you had to go from the big bike and kind of go back to the little bike. So I think that... Yeah, it was, in- it was insane. <laughs> it's kind of funny to think about the fact that you guys <laughs> I know that, could have been racing. Yeah. Yeah. Are you kidding me? I'm definitely not racing the R7 next year. Could you imagine that getting... Her on the could you imagine if I had got out brakes? Like, <laughs> you would put me in retirement. <laughs> I mean, I'm almost there, I'm almost there yeah. now, but... That's funny. Yeah. Um, so you're from Pennsylvania, Um you talk about a lot of stuff with your dad. What is your family deal like? What is it just you and him that do the racing stuff together or? Yeah, with the racing, it's just primarily me and my dad. Um, you know, I see my mom every, pretty much every week. Uh, not obviously when I'm, I've been staying out here for like three weeks, but yeah, whenever I'm not racing, I, I'm, I'm with her and then my little sister, my brothers. Um, and yeah, it's, it's pretty good. I'm like, I'm happy with everything that goes on there. Especially like being able to to get home. Like this off season, I was able to do a lot of, a lot more stuff than I have in a while. Like being able to stay out here, and then while also like having time to myself and with my mom. Like we went on vacation, and 
I haven't really been able to do that in a while. So it was nice to kind of have that little bit of freedom. And, um, yeah, it's, it's Does she good. support your race in 100%? Oh, yeah. That's like, awesome. she, she doesn't come to the track because she's, like, that's, she saw my, my dad get too many concussions. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, no, she's, she's in full support of it. And what about your siblings? Are you the only one that rides or what? Yeah, so <laughs> my my brother's... My brother David would never try it. <laughs> he would never try it. Like he barely drives his car. Oh, wow. <laughs> so he I don't think he would ever get back on a bike. Um my brother Dylan, he tried it once or once him. or twice. Well, <laughs> smoked he, him and he gave see, it up. <laughs> he, he he had crashed it in our in our driveway and like broke his arm. Oh my god. <laughs> like going like 2 what? miles an hour. But yeah, it was pretty funny. <laughs> and uh yeah, that was about it for him. And my sister, she rides her PW every once in a while. How old is she? She's six now. Oh, okay. And, uh, yeah, she she's more into four-wheelers, though. She actually just rode her PW um, because my dad went home while I was staying out uh, with Josh and Melissa. And <laughs> he told me, he's like, yeah, she dropped on the, on the PW again, and she was going pretty good. And then I told her to come pit in, and she just pinned it, like, pinned it and almost went straight into like the the front of our trailer that we had in the in like the far yard so she ran off the track jumped the curb (laughs) got completely sideways and her tires i guess just caught traction and she just missed it but she's a little ripper (laughs) she goes out like it runs in the the chicks in your family yeah yeah Yeah. that's super cool um what about school wise i mean obviously you're missing school if you're in school to be out here are you are you homeschooled it's, I do uh, online school, mm-hmm. which is difficult, but you got, you know you gotta get through it. And it's the good thing is it's it's asynchronous, so I can you know do it whenever I I can. And um, they're really good about like if I need more time, I can get more time on things. Um, and I try to avoid that because especially you know being that the race season is uh, not super long into the school year, um, but. If I need it, they're they're really nice about it. And like even with the Today Show thing, like they put out a thing about it, and um, they're all super supportive. Like when I in my middle school, we had uh, a video go out for no days off, and it was about you know me riding, and uh, they had this like Christmas assembly, and during the Christmas assembly, they showed my video and all that kind of stuff. So it, they're really supportive of it. Um, and it's it's really cool. Like during the early years, it was a little bit more difficult, but once I started to keep going with it, they they were cool with it. I think we've all been through the the school deal. Yeah, being I, tough. I went to I went to normal school. I actually didn't do any of the homeschool stuff. It's um, tough though, right? I it mean, was tough. I miss I like like I I missed like a hundred almost a hundred days of school the last school year I had, <laughs> and they like weren't gonna let me graduate, but I was still passing. So like they kind of had to but you're, there's like I guess a law or something that says you have to be there a certain amount so no I mean do you do you think that do you have you ever gone to regular school or are you always homeschooled yeah yeah I that like when I um with the assembly thing like that was my public school okay mm. and I, I did that up until my first year in high school my freshman year so do you like that or is that kind of like do you like when they kind of do that send out stuff I think it's I think it's cool like and I think it brings more attention to the sport especially in like younger kids that probably have no idea what it is or just know motocross especially where i live motocross or flat track um but barely kids do that and our school's pretty big so it's it's cool to see that um they care about it and they they try to do it and and push it a little bit so 
it's cool to see that. And uh, they, they actually, my elementary school wanted me to do like a career day thing. They wanted me to come in with like my bike. Yeah. Oh, that's crazy. <laughs> that's really cool. That is awesome. Yeah. Times have changed, I don't man. think the kids care. Uh, I, I don't think people realize what I ever did until like now when like Instagram became more of a thing. Yeah. And, like Same. people could actually see it on Instagram. They're like, oh, this, when, have you, when did you start racing? <laughs> well, a lot of people think I do moto. Like that's the biggest thing. Freestyle. Is, yeah, <laughs> you do like backflips. <laughs> yeah, something like that. Like I'll, I'll, I, I went into school into the high school one day because I, I had to, it was like I either had to pick something up or there was like this breakfast or so I don't know something like that, and I was asking where the where the lunch the cafeteria was because I hadn't actually been in the high school yet, and I was walking with this kid and he was showing me he was like. Are you, are you the one that does motocross? Like, you, you ride dirt bikes? I'm like, kind of. <laughs> I mean, a little bit different, but you're on the right track. <laughs> so, no, it's it's cool. And hopefully, you know, it gets more of the younger kids into into racing, too. Do you feel, um, you know, like any any kind of added pressure because, you know, you're you're younger and you have that kind of people looking at you as kind of a, a role model type figure, one for like kids, but also for, for women to kind of get into something that's not really the norm? I don't feel like it's pressure. I mean, you always have it there and something you always kind of think about. But honestly, I don't think it's pressure and I, I don't think there's set expectations for me. And I think that's a really cool thing because, you know, obviously you do well and it does good. But if you don't do well, there's not really anything that you have to worry about and I, I just you know I take it as I just want to keep doing well and and obviously I want to keep motivating you know not only younger girls or, or women in the sport but I want to keep motivating kids to get into it and I think that's a big part of it I think that's insane is you're 15 and I've heard you talk more about promoting the sport than <laughs> most people in the sport now and I think that's pretty cool and it's only you heard what Jimmy was was promoting when he was 15 <laughs> it was quite of a different yeah. <laughs> dude sponsor's a sponsor baby yeah. <laughs> yeah no that's really cool I mean I, I think like do you feel do you feel like you know you're even the KTM experience with the Supercross thing, do you think that's kind of played, like, just talking with you, obviously I haven't really spoken to you much before, but I've watched your interviews, and you are very, like, marketable and you speak well. Do you think, like, those experiences growing up have helped with that? Like, even, even like, I mean, the kids you're racing against, I think you're, like, way more well-spoken than, <laughs> I than any of them. It. <laughs> yeah, I think it's... I, I've always grown up around adults, so I've kind of always been in that field, and not to say that the adults I'm around are always professional, but, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I... I just kind of grew up in that crowd and I I don't know why but I think I think I've always just been pretty good at public speaking like my mom hates it she she like freaks out she had to take like a public speaking class because she went back to college and like she couldn't do it and she works in like HR and her at her job and so she has to like speak sometimes it's horrible <laughs> but yeah I've, I think I've always just been good at, at speaking to people and being able to like kind of convey what I, I want to say to an audience that's good. I mean, it's, I mean, it took me a long time. I used to be pretty quiet and I'm still, still pretty quiet, but I've, I've realized like the value in being able to speak and all that kind of stuff. And it's, it's yeah. huge. I mean, I think it'll be uh, that in itself for your career will be, will be huge. So it's really cool. Um, I had a question kind of related more to, you know, what is your expectation for you? I know you said that, like, you don't have, you feel like you don't have expectations of you, but what are those of yourself? Like, where do you, it's kind of a loaded question because everyone's yeah. like, I want to be a world champion one day, but <laughs> Like where do you where do you see yourself in the in the relative short term with with yeah, your expectations? Short term, I think like especially for this season, um, it's a new class for me. So I feel like really all the pressure is off of me 
and I, I just want to go out there and do as well as I can. Obviously, for me, I, I feel like I, I can get maybe some top fives. If I can be consistently in the top five, I'd be really happy, or in that front group even. Like, that's kind of where I, I'm aiming is just to be in that front group, front group consistently each weekend. Um, but as I go forward, you know, I, I see my I see my future in, you know, growing in the Moto America paddock. And then eventually I'd like to get back over in the World Superbike paddock um, that I feel like that's my end goal is to be is to be back there. Either, you know, if an opportunity comes in the next two years to go to like World Supersport 600 or something like that, I'd do it. Um, but also, you know, if I want to go like Garrett Gerloff through Moto America Superbike and then, you know, into World Superbike. I, I would do that too, but you know, obviously, that's that's quite a bit away, yeah, yeah ways yeah. away right now. So yeah, keep going step by step. No, I mean it's it's always interesting. Yeah, like I, I feel like I was when I was younger. I mean, everyone like I said dreams of getting to a world championship, but I, for me myself, I struggled to like see myself over there. But I think it's it's really hard to kind of envision yourself over there, especially like you you don't know what can happen. The sport is so crazy in some ways. And it's just like even in in Moto America Superbike, like seeing myself get to that point, it's difficult. But I just I'm a, I'm a really determined person, and I feel like, you know, if I if I really set my mind to it, I can get there. And I I just want to keep going, and no matter what, I want to try to make things happen. And even if that's kind of like a naive way of thinking about it, I just you know that's that's where I want to be, and I'm gonna try to do everything I can to get there. I think that's, I mean, that's half the battle is mental. I mean, you're on a good platform as it is now. And I mean, I know for me personally, it was about trying to get to an international. It wasn't always world or it was just get across, you know, the pond. And I remember it was, it's tough. Like my deal was crazy. You talk about how crazy it can be and like just lost a ride. And then somehow next year find myself over there. I think you're on a definitely a better path and you're a lot younger from when I went over. So but you, you, it's pretty cool to see, like, all the ingredients kind of there. And you've already gotten a taste with the new, uh, the Junior Cup and the R3 and, the like, those things that you can at least get on the tracks. That's got to be the hardest thing is, yeah. you know, learning the tracks. I mean, going back, you go to, like, Portugal, the Porto Mile, I mean, that track is insane. Yeah. Like, how yeah. hard is it to learn? It w- Well, it was, it was like... So my full Blue Crew season, technically not full, but pretty much, it was, we went to Mizano, uh, Donington Park, Assen, uh, Most, and Magnicor. That was my first season uh, in 2021. So that was really difficult because I remember going to Most, and that weekend was just absolutely insane. Um, Most? Yeah, Autodrome Most. It's in, Bern- or not in Brno, in, in Czech Republic. And yeah. uh, World Superbike goes yeah. there still. And actually, one of the coolest tracks I've been to. Um, it's just super, super never, cool never track. Never heard of it. A- everyone <laughs> everyone never really hears of that track, yeah. but it's really awesome. And, like, the fans are actually super cool. Um, but, like, we that weekend was a bit difficult because I had I've always had, well, not now, but especially that season, I had a lot of issues getting up to speed really quickly, especially in that first free practice session, not knowing the tracks and really the tracks I was going to in Weir were ones that I knew. And, you know, 
I was I had competition, but I was able to kind of outride them, and it was just kind of like one of those things. Um, but to go over there and be surrounded by kids who either knew the tracks or could get up to speed really quickly, it was just super intimidating. And so I just remember going the most and going out in the first free practice session. I think my best free practice was like 19th. Like I finished 19th probably was my best free practice session um, in that year. But, yeah, I, I go out and it was like I just see this kid, Fenton, and he he does World Super Sport 300 now. Uh, and he just just goes by me on like the second or third lap, rolling by me just like – breaking as late as possible, throwing the thing, and I'm just like, I don't I don't understand. Like, he's never been to this track before. I've never been to this track before, and he's doing this. I, I just don't understand it. And it was, like, it was so crazy. And I remember asking him, I'm like, how are you doing that? Like, he's like, well, I just, I just find the latest brake marker, and I just go for it. And if, it, if, I'm in, if I'm in the grass, then that's how it is. I'm just like, I could never learn like that. That's just not how I – I'm not going to go out there and – you know, push myself until I'm in the grass, especially Crazy. my first session. So I, it was finding that way of how to learn new tracks that I really needed to work on. And, you know, talking about that weekend still, too, we, uh, our Super Bowl got canceled. So, so you're just going into races. We went into races. Our, our Super Bowl, we went out, did one lap in the wet, and they said the track was too dangerous, which... It wasn't. It really <laughs> wasn't. I went to I went to Barber, and that was bad. That was <laughs> like bad, Barber yeah. in the rain was way worse. But they were like, they said it was the, the track conditions were, you know, too dangerous. So we went off of our uh, free practice times. So I qualified nineteenth, and first lap seven people crashed. Wow. From not getting any track time. Yeah, that makes sense. All that stuff. Everyone's trying to go forward because. No one like, and no one really knows the track yet. You have thirty minutes on the track, and now you're yeah. racing, and it was it was crazy. Like we had the championship leader go down, like a bunch of people went down in the first corner because that first corner is super tight, and then some dude like, I don't remember if he like high sided or low sided, but the bike kept going and it went across the track and hit another dude, and then the dude was sliding in front of me, and I had to do a stop to like not hit, run him over. It was just wild, and yeah, it was stuff like that. So it was a little bit, a little bit sketchy the first few times. But yeah, with with learning the tracks, though, it was. I think I really worked on that this year, and I didn't really have have to learn as many tracks this past season. Um, but to get up to speed quickly is what really helped me. So I think that's what helped going to Portimao was like, I knew, even if I haven't seen that track or I haven't seen that track in a year or two like with VIR I haven't I hadn't seen that track in like five years just getting up to speed fast was something I was able to do so I was I was really fortunate to be able to get that experience I think um correct me if I'm wrong but those races I feel like if you do qualify because the bikes are so even um kind of a two-step question here one is getting on the bike are they all the same were they all equal it, yeah, in, in the at the super finale and in, in in the European Cup, they were pretty much all all equal. Like, obviously, you could change suspension and like you had two gearing options. So you pretty was, much yeah, that you're was locked. it. And then like with fuel, when I did the whole season, um, they changed the fuel for the, like the lighter riders had more fuel, you know, heavier riders got less. Hmm. Um, 
but in the super finale that didn't happen. So like the little dudes were like super fast on the straightaways and stuff like that. Okay. Now, but, do you think that you know qualifying? Because it seems like in like the junior um, that even Moto three that we see it all the time. Like kids qualify nineteenth and then they're like podium. Yeah. Is it just because it's like a blob of? <laughs> well, it it all depends. Like some weekends qualifying can like make or break you, and it all depends on your first lap. Like if you can get through people quick and make sure, or, and if the groups stay together, you're all right. But like That's as split. soon as that group starts to open, you're screwed. Like you can't do anything about it. The and draft is huge. Huge. Like what? I was I was pretty. Happy with Portimao because we had um, in the second race there. What I was in, I qualified tenth, which I was happy with. I I wanted to qualify top ten, and I was happy with that. And um, I had gotten an okay start, uh, and it was just like probably the top seven started to break, and I was like, man, this is this is not good. Like if they if they open up this gap, we're not going to be able to pull back, and. They pulled about a second and a half, two seconds almost. And I was like, man, this is like, this is it. I'm not going to be able to get it. And so I had drafted to the front of the second group that I was in. And there was this one Brazilian kid that was like super smart. And he had done the Brazilian championship. And that championship is actually really fast. Um, and I tapped my tail. I'm like, we're going. <laughs> And the dude listened Ricky to Bobby, me. let's go. <laughs> Shake and bake, baby. <laughs> and we we pulled it in one lap. I pulled back that second and a half. And it was like barely, just barely. I barely caught that draft right at the end, and I pulled that group right back up to them. And that barely happens, though. Like, that's super rare. And I was, like, actually pretty stoked about it because I, I remember coming out of the last corner, I'm like, oh, I'm right back on, let's go. <laughs> but... Yeah, that that usually doesn't happen in those classes. Like once you start to get that gap, it stays that way. And it it's all about who messes with who. You know, if that front group is is passing, you're going to have probably people that are going to work together to catch back up or if your group is messing, you're yeah. not going to be able to catch back up. How would you compare riding in over there with the guys riding over here like when you came back is the level pretty similar? I think the the level is similar. Um but honestly like some of the guys over there, I feel like, are more intelligent race-wise. <laughs> um, just just because I feel like they have more experience in some of those championships, and they understand, like, here I've had a few instances where I'm like, okay, we need to, like, keep going forward, and people keep passing. People keep passing. Let's just keep going. And it's here I feel like the biggest thing is, like, everyone wants to get to the front so quickly, and there they're really smart about it they know when to do their moves and their race iq is is higher i feel like in my opinion but i level wise i think they're all pretty equal in speed who do you think uh we asked we asked joe a similar kind of question but <laughs> in that class here in in the 400 class who who's like the the person you don't want to be around <laughs> i guess who what, rephrase who's who, the, who's who don't man? who don't you want behind you going to the last <laughs> yeah. corner last lap I don't know if I can answer that one. She's <laughs> gonna cause a rival. Oh uh, yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna cause some issues. I have I have my own opinions. A few kids I well, wouldn't want behind me. I know that. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean it. It just depends. Like some people are really smart about it. Like I know that Cody's super smart. So I I know that if he's behind me on the last lap, he's gonna make he's gonna make a pass to get to the front, and he's gonna know when to make it. 
So maybe I'd, I'd say that in a nice in a nice way because I won't say who who I th- who the people are. I think <laughs> would be a little bit chaos behind me. But no, Did one I, of them crash. <laughs> <laughs> but but it's just like you know everyone's out there trying to win, and I get it, and it and it happens. It it's just it's a huge huge effort that everyone's trying to make, and sometimes you know you ride a little bit harder than you probably should, and you know it happens, but. I think for, for in that case, I'd say Cody because I think he's just out of everyone there. He's one of the guys that I've always looked to as the smartest dude, and that's why I worked with him in qualifying. Is because I, I we both knew how to work with each other, what would benefit us both, and Got not the, the just old guy. In the, in the <laughs> yeah, rookie. well, it was, it was funny because if if we were at if they counted my win at Road Atlanta. <laughs> If they would have counted my win at Road Atlanta, he would have won the first race at the age maximum, and I would have won the second race at the age minimum. <laughs> that is so funny. That's really That's so, I mean, it makes it. He should be pretty smart, though. I mean, I think I think there's something to be said for that with the with some of the other kids that are that were in that class. There's some, some wisdom that could have been absorbed. That's for sure. Yeah, uh, like by far the and, the most intense everyone, race to watch. Everyone bashed on him about you know being in the class, and it, honestly, like. My my opinion on it is he, if anything, he elevated the class. He's out there and he's doing the same times as us, if not faster. So if you have a dude that's out there going faster than you, I don't think you have much room to talk, <laughs> especially considering the fact that you're trying to get faster and you're trying to win a championship. You have a dude that's out there doing the the thing you want to do and you want to be you want to be doing that. So that's just like my opinion on it, especially at the beginning of the season. Like a lot of people in the class were like, just. Cherry picker. Yeah, it was just it, bashing him for the smallest things, and I mean, he was winning. If you if you want to talk, at least get it done, <laughs> and he was able to do it. So. Yeah. No, I mean it's tough, I and mean, racing in general is really tough. So half of us just being out there. I think a lot of people, especially when you're younger, you don't really understand that your dad's paying for your tires still, all that kind mm-hmm. of stuff. You know, you don't have to go yeah. there and figure out how to do it yourself. So when you get to a certain point, it's like sit home on the couch or, or ride a 400 if you have to. I mean, it is what it mm-hmm. is. James went through that a little bit last year. I mean, we yeah. even talked about it. I was like, do I really want to, like, at one point I was riding in BSB, like one of the best superbike championships in yeah. the world, and now I'm, like, considering going back to the Twins Cup. Like, is this something? But, Dude, it was like, a serious talk. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. you know, is it going to be great? And then I just find it was, like, worst-case scenario, I'll get smoked. <laughs> and best-case scenario, I'll elevate the class. Yeah. And both things happened. Yeah. But I think in, in I mean, just being close with James, man, it's been like he went it was in BSB and then he came back and like we had neither of us really had anything. We were I was trying to race flat track, which didn't go very well for me. And James was actually really good my at career. <laughs> James was really good at flat track, but what hadn't raced in a long time, and it was just like we were at the point where it was just like we had to ride something to be able to keep going, yeah. you know. And I think people forget about that. I think hundred percent, especially now more than ever. Like the money's, you know, we, we talk about all the time. The money's drying up, you know, everywhere. And I feel like back in the heyday, it was a lot easier. Everyone's getting paid this and the other. And now you have to be personable, and you have to almost do like the car racing. You've got to bring your own sponsors with you to teams and do your own thing. And it's it's hard too because a lot of these teams have like certain expectations, and it gets super cutthroat. Like What's if you it? if you don't own up to this, you know, even in the first year in some teams, it's like, man, you, <laughs> I might not get another ride back, even if it's like your fr- like you see it a lot in in GP. It's insane. Like, you get one year on it, and it's your learning year, and then you're off the team because you don't perform in the way that they want to. And I get it sometimes, but at the same time, it's like, 
you need to understand you're coming you're coming to a completely different class, completely different bike. I just I think it's it's gets super cutthroat. To even back that up, if you were to you know, there you got so many kids now that are paying for rides that have to go under the restriction and it's in my eyes I'm like uh, you're technically the owner like yeah. like you, it's insane now how now are pay. it's crazy you know and I mean even when we we kind of missed it all we missed all the big big money and all that but it was still hard for us and I know it's even harder now so to to go back to that kind of the Cody thing like you'll never hear me say anything about somebody trying and I yeah. mean he was working out of his mom's rig and I mean, they were doing it, so it's it's pretty hard to bash somebody that's putting up their own money to go race and exactly. finding sponsors and to try to do it. So yeah, that's, that's another thing that kind of made me mad is a lot of people that were, were saying the things are people that are getting a lot of things that were handed to them, like by their parents or by people that actually had money to back them. And it was just it was frustrating because you, he's really trying to get out there, and he's trying to do something that's he's still – is passionate about and is is good at and especially if you come that far to like just like you said to be on your couch to come that far it's just it, it feels like you you lost a lot of time so yeah. i and i i give him a lot of credit for a lot of things because like even at virginia like i always say that is because he didn't have to pick me up out of the air fence i was i was i i was actually really freaking out because when i had crashed i couldn't move I couldn't breathe, and it was it was a really scary thing because I couldn't move my legs, and I didn't I you know I couldn't I didn't know why I was just seeing grass that's all I could see in my helmet, so not being able to move breathe or move my legs I was really starting to freak out because I'm like you know the worst things are running through my head hundred percent, and then I'm just like gasping for air you know obviously I have my the wind knocked out of me and he came over. Pushed me off the air fence, got me out under it, from under it, and it was just, it was crazy. He didn't need to do that, and I, I took him out. You know, obviously I lost my brakes, and I didn't mean to. I tried to thread the needle between the two of them, but it just didn't, it didn't work out. But, you know, I, I took him out, and that could have been a big thing in the championship for him, and he still continued, he, he helped me, and not a lot of people do that. And even, even with Max, like at Laguna, you know, I, I think that was a mix of a couple of things, but... Either way, he came over and checked on me, and that's the biggest thing is to have people like that. And I know there are a lot of people that won't do that, and so I give a lot of I give give a lot of credit to Cody for that. That's really cool. Um, going back to like the the sponsor thing, does that you know? I always think about when I was like your age, if I would have done things like a little bit differently, or maybe not taking things for granted per se. But is that something you think about? Is it something that kind of is a little bit scary for you, kind of hearing the state of where things are at? People are always talking about there's no money, there's no money. Like, yeah. what, I mean, what do you think about that? Even now, it's it's a crazy thing, and that's that's a huge part of the sport. So it's, you know, a lot of the expense for doing Moto America is travel, right? You you go across the entire country. It's probably less than going across Europe <laughs> and doing World Superbike. You know what I mean? So it's 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 crazy so finding that funding on top of you know whatever you need to do if you need to get tires or fuel or if you had to pay for a ride whatever it is it's just so stressful because you know I'm I don't have a job so I can't really make it there and then I know my dad's working hard to try to fund things and then I know I have sponsors that are, are trying to help me out as well 
and it not only like adds a pressure there, but then you're like, I, I can't lose these guys because if I lose these guys, I'm not going to be able to do it. And it's just so expensive that I, you know, you wouldn't be able to go anywhere. And that's, like I said before, it's, if you want to do well in the sport, you have to have a good ride. And if you it's don't have be the biggest thing, really, it, if you don't have that, you can't really go, go anywhere right now. I mean, obviously you could be a great rider and, and do things and do something special. But at the same time, it's like, I, f- I see a lot of really good riders that come through that aren't really given that opportunity as well because they don't have that sort of funding. Yeah. No, I mean, really now cool. even like, uh, you know, watching maybe because social media that I've seen, I mean, you, like you said, you've been out here for three weeks, you've been riding, you know, R6, R7, this, that, and the other. I'm, you know, you can can only imagine what things that, you know, cost. Like we're not in a stick and ball sport we're not in a skateboard sport where it's 100 bucks here and there you know it's it's you start the bike up it's 100 bucks you know yeah. it's more than that but yeah. um yeah it's, it's it's interesting it's a big part of it and that's i'm like I, I try to be so thankful for my sponsors because they they make it happen you know obviously i i try to do my work do my part on the track but they're the ones that that are getting me there and you know i've had a lot of people in the last year and a half really helped me out and I've, I've had a lot of really cool things happen like with with mission like doing the cardboard cutouts and things like that that's not something I never thought would happen especially this early on so it's it's been really awesome and I just I hope we can keep building on it and I think with all of that too it brings more exposure to the sport especially when you're having companies like mission who's you know it's a tortilla company yeah, you have those kinds of things and they they bring those to stores and like we had like five in Birmingham like they were at like Kroger's and Walmart's and things like that and we saw, saw one at the Walmart and like <laughs> we had a bunch of random people come up to me and try to take a picture with me and the cardboard cutout sign That's awesome. and they probably don't know what racing is they probably have no idea that there's a race going on the next day at a track that's five minutes away but it's cool to just see that and when you have companies like that that are really invested in in trying to help not only you but the sport, it's really cool to see. I think we all are thankful for people like Mission, especially like coming from the flat track world. Yep. You know, really helped revive that world, and you know they're doing such a cool thing bigger than the sport. And I mean, I wish even when we raced, we it was kind of like that. It never really felt like it went mainstream, even though it doesn't feel like Moto America's doing a great job with their social media and stuff. It's definitely bubbled out further when we had, and even just social media, and, and that. And is that something that you take? super like are you heavy on social media i've obviously see you got some you know nice videos we see the videos behind you (laughs) no i've like recently i've been trying to to come up with more things to do like i've always kind of wanted to do like a video series and i know that melissa is trying to get that thing done for this year and it i i just i really like the way that fans interact with things like that so with with that docu series, if we're able to do it, I think it'll it'll bring people closer to the sport because I think a lot of them just see us as more more or less machines that just go out there and they race, they do well, whatever, but not as much people. And I think that pe- that person that personal aspect of it is a really cool thing that a lot of people like to see. And I know that people like Josh Heron have tried to do it before, and with everything, it costs money and <laughs> time, and that's something that you know, I've wanted to do myself, but you just can't, 
you have to have people it's, around yeah, you to do it. It costs a lot of money. I mean, when we did it in the year I won my championship in dirt track, and I mean, I know how much it costs, and it's and we did it cheap. Yeah, and it's 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 tough. It's a whole tough deal. But you know, I think if you get the right people around you, and it's it's so crazy to hear like your age because your generation, like, and to hear like that generation with the phones and all that and the technology, like the way you're talking is so far forward. It's like it's pretty crazy to hear. What um, what do you think? I watched that the the video series, the first one that was really good. Like, I hope. I hope uh, is it Alyssa did it. Yeah, yeah, she yeah, does. Really she, good does stuff. she does really cool yeah. stuff. The bridges, media, and stuff like yeah. that. What What do you think? Like as a a younger person, <laughs> what do you What do you <laughs> a think? Youngster. Yeah, as a youngster. Uh, what do you think? Obviously, like among your friends and whatnot. I know you don't. You're not. You're not in public school. But what do you think is like missing uh, from our sport compared to other sports that would attract more kids? Like, do you have? I'm always kind of curious. Like. How, what are the youngsters looking yeah. at, you know? I mean... <laughs> TikTok. It, it, it all depends. TikTok thing. Yeah. <laughs> it depends on what crowd you're trying to please, you know? It, yeah. Like, if, if you were going for that kind of generation, a lot of it is, like, you want to see a personal aspect, but at the same time, you know, you want to be funny about it. You want to... You kind of have to make everything a little bit like a joke. <laughs> and, you know, that's, that's, what re- that's what is relevant right now. And that changes all the time, but I think... You know, when you see media and people like Hayden Deegan, for example, he blew up because of the series that they had with him, his family, especially with his dad and all this stuff. And you see him now in in Supercross and things like that. And he has all these people backing him and this huge fan base because of what he was able to create with that series. So to have something like that would be so important. I wish more people understood that because if we had more people that really wanted to push that that's always something I wanted to do like I wanted to have that so I could not only for for like me because I really I've always wanted to have that kind of series for myself like I've always wanted you know to to show that aspect like what really goes on behind the scenes like from day to day but also like from a sport perspective I think by having people like Deegan they were able to bring it a different audience into the sport and I think even with me I was I think I would be able to bring a broader audience into motorcycle you know road racing opposed to motocross yeah especially even like the like you talk about it like the struggles I feel like you know everyone only sees you on the track and either you win or lose they just see you there they don't see yeah. like how you got there or the struggles or you know being homeschooled and yeah. you know whatever missing school and friends and stuff like that and uh you know, those types of things as even just being a kid. It's tough. Yeah. I mean, like, you, you, I listened to a podcast about Deegan and how much he's got three camera guys now full-time. Just following them Just following them around <laughs> the whole thing. But you talk about it, and, like, the kid has been living in a trailer. Granted, it's a pretty nice trailer. Yeah. Um, yeah. But he's been living in a trailer for, like, you know, almost two years straight, like, yeah. essentially. So it's... It gets. I'm sure it gets lonely, you know, doing mm-hmm. that grind. And I mean, you were hanging out with Ryder D and stuff like that, and yeah. you know, to watch that grind and yeah, you know, yeah, it's um, got to be insane. You, everyone just sees like Anaheim one. These guys are getting paid good and they're having like this sick lifestyle, and they, all they do is train and this yeah. that and the other. So I think that would be really really interesting. Yeah, I think so. I, I I think you know this whole thing, the whole podcasting. That's really why we did it. Was I think particularly in motorcycle racing, road racing in the U.S. Is, there's like not enough people showcasing everyone's personalities mm-hmm. um 
but I think road racing in general, there's not really, there's a, there's a couple other podcasts, but that was our reason behind it. I don't think I ever saw myself doing a podcast. Um, what do you mean, uh, dude? You're the headline. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> James, maybe he's got the, he's got the personality for him. Not so much, but you know, I think, I think you should definitely, you know, do whatever you can to try to make that happen. Cause we need somebody like there's gotta be an outlier. Yeah. that We need that like somebody it. that just goes bigger than the sport. So that's, could be that's kind of the thing. It's like, I feel like there's much more to, to road racing than a lot of people see. And it can be cool like moto. Like everyone looks at moto for whips and for these big jumps <laughs> and things like that. And I think you've been watching my page. <laughs> <laughs> I think there are cool, cool things. <laughs> there are cool things like that, even in in you know in road racing. Like if it's like a stoppy or a wheelie, whatever it is. It's just I think, and just like the style. I think it's really slick, and a lot of people like that because a lot of people. I feel like it relates to cars in some ways, in that you have that kind of slick feeling and it's, you know, I don't know. I, and it's elegant. I've, yeah. And I've talked, I've talked to people about it before. It's just like, especially with this docuseries is that I just want to show how we interact with other people at the track, because I think that was the biggest thing for me is I just, I loved when, especially with junior cup, like we're beginning of the day and end of the day. So it was like, we had this like six, seven hour period in between our, you know, sessions so I just go out and talk to people, talk to fans, and I, I just I love doing that. And you know whether it was riders or fans or whatever, I just I like getting to know people and, and getting to know how they got into the sport, how you know why they came to Moto America, and and I think it's important for other people to to see that that we're not just sitting in our trailers the entire day, we're like trying to you know talk to other people, and not just for you know to get people to come back, but also like you want to get to know your crowd. You want to, you want to know who you're around and it's, it's cool to see. It's, it's insane that you, you're talking, you do that. It's like, I think there's a bad rap for like, uh, you know, it used to just be, I remember it's funny stories. I mean, I had a Ben Spees poster on my wall and that's what I wanted to do and go up. And I, I remember Laguna man. And I would like, he was walked out of his tent and like blanked me and whatnot. And you just kind of feel like a bit like, man, like, you're the yeah. guy like I want it to be and it's kind of a bit of a bummer so it's cool to hear that and to understand like to go to I think more riders need to do that I feel like more riders just on their scooter to the tent off their scooter back to the garage like yeah. nobody really interacts you know like the Colin Edwards or even like Valentino like or Mark and nowadays that seem to be more personable and stuff like that it's really cool for you to to say that and that you're out talking with the fans and stuff like that it's only gonna yeah. you know compound and and, and of course you're like, you need to be serious. You need to be there. You need to be there when you need to be there and you need to go through your briefings. And, you know, there are times when you can't talk to people and you know you can't talk to people. But when I feel like a lot of riders, not necessarily they, they need to be more humble about things, but I think they just, I feel like they should go out and, you know, talk to people more and more often than, than a lot than they do. And I think that, Right now with the superbike guys, they're all super great. I think they're doing everything right. But even when you get to larger championships, like a lot of them are, like you said, get to your box, go to the trailer, yeah, get your food, go to the trailer, go to the box. You know, don't they don't really interact as much. And I think that's something that the sport needs because I think with with like Moto, if you look at even like Jet Lawrence, he's it's huge interacting with his fans all the time, and that's why he's so big. And that's why you have more people bringing 
that kind of aspect to it into the sport. And, you know, we just need more people like that to, to be promoting it and interacting and trying to, like, partner with these people. Like, he did a bunch of stuff with, like, the donut thing, you know? Yeah. You, you, you do stuff like that, you get more people maybe from that crowd that haven't even heard of it before and try to do it. And, like, even with brands, like, gear brands, like, reaching out to other people. Yeah, and that was cool, that collab. Yeah, like, collaborations with different brands and, like, it's it's just cool to have things like that. So more of that needs to be done. I feel yeah. like that's going to really expand. You were um, your teammates with Brandon Pash last year, right? Yep, yep. What was it like having a bigger autograph line than him. And he's such a, he's such an Instagram celebrity, you know, it was, uh, <laughs> just stirring the pot a little bit. <laughs> no, it was, it was cool because we had a couple of conversations. He's like, man, like I used to be the big rider on the team, and, you know, whatever. But no, I, I just thought it was really funny. Like they're Me all, too. Me too. <laughs> they're all good. And it is what it is. But I just, I had a lot of fun. I feel like for for me, I was just like I said. I feel like a lot of the reason that I had people come up to me is because I wanted to talk to them. Like I wanted to be there and I wanted to interact with them, and that's something I was always big about. Or like, if I brought a helmet to the front, or if I brought like T-shirts, give them out, or like something like that. People that I can you know take pictures with. It it just kind of you know attracts more people to it, and you know I think I think he's doing things right too with like merchandise and things like that. So it's that's that's going good for him and stuff but i think just really being involved it's that's just a huge part of it do you watch his vlogs and stuff <laughs> i have before um like <laughs> i guess he's kind of like a little bit of his he's got an opposite bravado of you kind of you know he's yeah. going one way and yeah he he um because he did it with uh ian with you know filming and stuff and i had talked to ian before like he did a couple of videos for me um like, you know, edits in, like, 2021 or something like that. But no, I'd see him around the pits, and a lot of the time I'd be gone when he's gone. So we didn't, really like, really mm. talk much, but I'd see him every once in a while, like, filming in the, you know, in the trailer or something like that. And that's something that, that I thought was cool. Like, doing something like that is a really good thing. And he's he's lucky in the sense that he has a good friend that is willing <laughs> right, to do that sure. with him. It's... You know, of course, he's probably being paid, but at the same time, it's like he's – He's getting probably a good deal for that. The homie so, price, yeah, for yeah, sure. <laughs> for sure. Um, kind of a tough one, but you know, there's a lot of people that will see like those long lines and autographs and and say, "Well, it's it's because she's the only girl here." Like, what does that feel like for you? What do you you know? Do you you'll think get about it everywhere? That? Yeah, yeah, for <laughs> I, sure. I'll get it wherever I go. You know, no matter what, I'll always get the the same people or whatever saying, you know, you'll never make it because you're a girl, or you'll never be strong enough, or Blah, 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 blah. And everything. Yeah, I hear it all the time. And I think that just it fuels my fire. You know what I mean? I, I go out and I like to prove people wrong. And that's kind of kind of how I've looked at it in the last few years. Um, and, like, <laughs> it happens. And I think, if anything, they should kind of be happy about it. Because I feel like I'm bringing a broader audience. Not, not only is it, like, a male-dominated sport, but I'm trying to get more girls into it, too. And I hear a lot of people talk about, you know... Well, girls aren't given an opportunity, or it's the opposite. Girls are giving more, given more opportunities, and it's just, it's so weird because I feel like <laughs> that's a whole different conversation with like women's championships and, and things like that. But I just feel like it's a, it's a big topic that needs to be 
kind of broken down more, yeah. you know, like with, with, in my case, um, with like women's championships, I don't like them at all. Yeah. I, I don't think it should be a thing. I honestly think that if you want girls to be as fast as everyone else, they need to ride with the fastest people, not the fastest girls. That's just how it should be. And if, if you have, obviously you're going to have fast girls wherever you go. But if you're limiting them to a specific class, even in like Formula One, like you have Formula W or wh whatever it is, the W series, they're being limited to that class because no one wants to give them opportunities any anywhere else because they, they don't race with anyone else. And it's that's just my take on it. I think it's, it's they're not— They're putting a ceiling on it before they're yeah, even given a chance to not, break through it. They're not given a lack of opportunities growing up. I don't think that's it. I think it's when— a lot of parents growing up, they see that it's a male-dominated sport, and they see that. So when they see, you know, they have a girl, and they're like, well, I don't know if it's going to be this or that, they might not push their kid to do it more. And it, it, you kind of have to just fall into it. And, like, even with my dad, he didn't expect me to go this far. Like, he just wanted me to ride bikes, and then I, I really fell in love with it. And I think it should be more like that because I don't think we're given less opportunities and I don't think we're given more opportunities. I think the opportunities are a little bit twisted in a way where we have a path to go to somewhere that's not going to take us all the way. And that's just how I see it. And, like, when you have people like Maria Herrera or Anna Carrasco who have been able to pave their own way, I, I just you sh they, they that's the path that people should be going for, not going to a women's series. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think that's a, is an amazing... It's well from, spoken. Yeah, from from your age. What about, you know, there is that side of it where there's where there's, um, you know, women. I think that aren't like what I love about you is you're authentic and you don't play the whole like I'm a chick card, right? Like you just go out <laughs> I, and beat I play all the boys. I play it when I want to. Yeah. I say, say like when Greg White comes up to me and starts bashing on me, I'll be like, I'm just a little girl. I can't fend for myself. Oh my gosh. I can play it when I want to oh, there. When I want to. He's a chill. See, see when I want to play it there, I can, but. No, when I'm on the track, I don't, I don't care. Yeah, no, and that's what I love about it because it's like, no, you know, it's not it has nothing to do. With, I'm not getting these sponsors because I'm a girl. I'm yeah. getting them because I'm smoking all you guys. <laughs> I mean, at some level, you got to win to keep going in any sport, yeah, or you've sure. got to be yeah. near the front. So, I really respect what you just said. That's pretty cool, and um, you know, you can, you can only fake it for so long, right? Yep. So it's time's gonna run out. So of course, yeah. No, I think I think that's a big thing, especially when people tell me. I'm given more opportunities. I mean, you're not given opportunities if you're if you're on the podium. You know what I mean? I'm working for that. I'm not given that. Yeah. I've I feel like the last few years I've really been able to like get myself to those spots to where I am getting opportunities. Maybe not as many, but I'm get I'm given some and it's that's because of it. my yeah, yeah. Be, that's because of my performance. And, and it's not just because I'm a girl. Yeah. It I, just so happens you are a female yeah. and you're marketable and you're, you can speak well. And you know what I mean? Like those are all the qualities. It's a, it's a yeah. package. We always talk about the package and you, you have it or you don't. A hundred percent. I mean, I think even now more than ever, it's like, you don't, you don't even have to win hardly anymore. If you're marketable and you're well-spoken and you're yeah. creative and you think a little bit outside the box, you can put a lot of good stuff together. So in your case, it seems like you've got all the pieces, including the podium. So that's <laughs> that's really good. Um, it helps a little bit. <laughs> yeah, for sure, for sure. I'm curious, the, the whole deal with Melissa, you're going to be riding the R7, obviously, this year. 
Um, I'm sure you've talked about it a bunch, but how did that kind of come together? And I know you've brought some of your sponsors that you've had for, for the last year with you. Mm -hmm. Talk a little bit about that. Yeah, so like uh, towards the end of last year, we were kind of, I didn't want to be in Junior Cup anymore. I just kind of, I, I knew that if I were to do it again, I would have, obviously I would have a good chance of winning it, but I wasn't going to really learn anything. And that was the biggest thing. I just want to keep progressing so that when I do get on the bigger bikes, it makes it a lot easier for me to progress. And so I, you know, I had talked to Melissa a couple years prior, you know, when I was probably around 10 or 11, um, we had like run the MP13 banner a little bit. Just, we hadn't really done anything though. It was just kind of like this, this outstanding support that was just there if I needed it. And that was around the time that she was riding with, you know, Jamie Ostadio and things like that. Um, but yeah, it was, uh, around the end of the season, I started to look for, you know, things in Twins Cup, possibly Super Sport, things like that. And um, I, I had talked to her a lot. And I've obviously, towards the end of the season, they had really figured that bike out. And with Corey, uh, had a lot of success. So it was, it was definitely an option. And I just, I, I had seen her work ethic with it. And I had really thought that that was something I wanted to be a part of. And it was just kind of like, you, she, she had uh, spoken to me about it first. She, di I didn't have to come to her. She kind of came to me, which was really cool. Um, and we had just continued to talk about it, and um, that was around New Jersey, and then around Barber is where we were like, okay, I think this is what we're gonna do for next season. And uh, I knew they had a good package, and going forward, um, I loved the Yamaha brand, and I knew that, you know, if we can do well in the Yamaha, we can maybe continue a relationship. And, you know, it was a lot of good things lining up. And uh, obviously working with her and Evan and Josh Hayes and, you know, going out there and training and seeing what it takes not only to be, you know, a really fast racer in my series, but when you go to Supersport or Superbike, you know, what it takes to be there. So it's it was really cool. And, you know, our first tests have been super positive. Like, I... I continue to tell my dad I'm like I wouldn't want it any other way because just to to have someone who really understands what you're saying is good because I feel like the last few years or the last year I should say with working with Stony Landers and um in Junior Cup a little bit I I've been really able to convey what I I want from the bike a lot better and so to have that communication and for her to understand what I'm saying and implement it into the bike immediately is really cool and I wouldn't want it any other way that's awesome what about uh you know obviously you said Josh um has Josh kind of helped you out over the course of last year or is it more so now that you're working with Melissa he's helping you out yeah now, now that I'm working with Melissa it's it's been uh like that because I my dad actually had raced with him uh when he was doing Weera um but yeah I I hadn't really talked to Josh much I know that he helped out I think Max Van and maybe a couple other kids in Junior Cup and obviously Super Sport twins maybe, but um, I hadn't really talked to him. And just his knowledge is is awesome. Like, it's, it's so cool to have someone to talk to and they know exactly what they're talking about. And, you know, it's even if they don't really under, understand your bike that well, they know what you're doing and what you can do better. And just having someone like that to show you, like, in the data exactly what, he wants from you and then to be able to do that on track 
it's it's really cool. So it makes a difference. you talk about the data. That's an interesting point. Now, I mean, I didn't learn data until I got to really until BSB when I got there in two thousand whatever nineteen or I don't know. I don't even know when I got there. That's <laughs> when like I ended. Years ago now, yeah, yeah, I don't know. Anyways, <laughs> you talk about data. Now it's something that's kind of like running the world. Mm-hmm. Um, have you been able to learn data? Was it on your junior? But I don't think it was on there. It it was, but we didn't look at it much. Like it was more or less for like gearing and maybe like front bottoming out, like that kind of stuff. Um, so Did you- I I didn't I didn't personally looked at look at it that much. Like we had talked about it a little bit, just not you know a lot. Um, but I kind of knew what I was getting into going into uh, Twins Cup. And I had a, a good understanding of what I needed, and I had sat in with uh, with Stony and Josh and Rocco, and kind of seen what they were doing a little bit. And uh, you know, obviously, when we were out testing, like watching Melissa go through the data with Evan and things like that, um, I feel like I have a decent understanding of it, even if the numbers are a little bit small for me to read and <laughs> yeah, <laughs> all these squiggles, yeah, all these squiggles going around. Um, I feel like I have a decent understanding of it. And even if I don't, like, they know exactly what they're looking for. Yeah, I mean, just talking with even with Joe in our last pod, and he's saying that to learn that even late, like, that's one of his keys that he would say to a younger person to learn as early as possible, to just start understanding it. Mm -hmm. Um, I think it's crucial to, so you start getting a little bit of a picture. I mean... Well, you have little super bikes with those twins. It's insane. You kind of have to. Yeah, it's definitely insane. So I think it's pretty cool. So... Yeah, yeah, the, it's it's cool to see what you can get from like something like that on a bike because I, you know, growing up I had never really thought about it anything like that, and when you see all these bikes with all these crazy things going on, and then you you look at it, you're like, oh, I guess I'm really doing that. Yeah, <laughs> it, it kind of puts things like in a different perspective, I guess, and from more of like a, a analytical sense, like maybe a clearer picture. Yeah, it helps out. Yeah. Definitely helped me a ton understand things a little bit better. Mm-hmm. Um, I kind of want to go a little bit back to you, you just turned 15 and you win at the Ridge. Mm-hmm. Um, how was that being, I mean, the first female to win a Motocom America race? And did that, like, was it just the win? Like, I mean, how, how pumped were you to finally? Because it's not really, I mean, you technically... One didn't win the other one. It's yeah. like well, I I always will see. I I always see Atlanta as my first win. Okay, like, that that to me will always be my first win, and I I don't think anything can take that away from me. Um, and with with it with the ridge, it kind of made it a little bit bittersweet. I mean, that's why when I in my post race interview, I said my second first win. Yeah. So, <laughs> I mean, I remember was, that Atlanta race. That was insane. It was it was yeah. crazy crazy circumstances, but. You know, I feel like overall it made me a better rider, and that's the biggest thing is I, I had to learn from that. And from all the things I had to face last year from, you know, injury to personal things to, you know, things on the racetrack or, uh, you know, uh, calls being made, um, it all made me better. I really I really do believe that. Um, but, yeah, with, with the Ridge, I felt like that weekend was the smoothest weekend we had had. <laughs> I mean, it was – it was, you know, my first. It was my first full season. That would have been my first full season of Moto America. So that's where I debuted the year prior, and it was my birthday on like Friday or Saturday. 
and um, just a really good weekend. I enjoyed the weather. I had a lot of fun. And uh, that was the first weekend we started working with Stoney. And um, I had some issues in race one, but I was, I was like, set on doing it in race two. And to, like, basically, I, I know Gus had, like, an issue and either way, I was like, "I'm, I'm gonna go to the line first. I'm gonna, I'm gonna do it." <laughs> I love it. I love but it. But it was a lot of fun. Like I, I had never, especially in Moto America, been in that spot, leading that many laps, and consistently putting down laps and dropping pace. And it was, it was a really good weekend. I had a lot of fun. That's awesome. That's the best feeling, like when you're just clicking them off, right? Yeah, yeah. Because you, like, you know, the guy behind you can pass you at any time, but to be able to hold them off the entire race, and like even if they had a little bit more in the end, because I remember that last lap, he kept trying to push me out, <laughs> <laughs> and just to be able to pull out that little bit extra, even in the end, it was it was really cool. I really enjoyed it. What would you say was your your favorite battle or race this this past year? Was it that one? Um, that was a good race, but I, I think I think Barber was really good. I, I really like Barber race one. Um, that was one of the clip. That's this yeah, clip right yeah, here, actually. Like, this pass. Yeah, this was pass is my gnarly. Of the we were season. all jumping. <laughs> <laughs> Just yeah. chopping the nose, man. Yeah, that that's probably my favorite race because we were trading passes, you know, the entire race, which I knew was going to happen because I was I was kind of hoping that we would try to break away from some of the other riders, but it it was what it was, and I kind of got shuffled back on that last lap, but I, I stayed calm and I was like, I know what I can do. And I honestly didn't think I was going to make it. Like, I came out of uh, the museum corner, and I had actually pulled right up next to Gus. And I was like, well, I have to roll out of it because I'm not going to be able to make the next corner. So I rolled out, and I was like, that's going to ruin my drive out of the chicane. But I was like, I somehow got this killer drive, got right up behind Joe. And actually, if I were to do it again, I would have drafted him for a little bit longer <laughs> because I was been thinking about literally... <laughs> sandwiched in between both of them and it looks like I was ahead of him in that clip I was not like I was <laughs> I was behind him like I was my f freaking face was right by his foot peg and I'm like if I if I'm going for it I might tuck the front but it'll look super cool and I tried so, clip it clip it yeah I'm like I'm going through the front like nope and I'm like just making it past him and uh yeah, that was just so wild because I remember the cool off lap. I'm just like, what? <laughs> I was so stoked about it. And uh, yeah, it that was that was a really cool race. And because Barber's like a home track to me almost because I've raced there so much. Like my first championship, like Weir Championship, was from there, and um, I just love that track. And I know a lot of people from there, and like a lot of the fans kind of saw me grow up and grow into that because a lot of them go to the weir at gnf and things like that so it was really cool and like the fan interaction there was really awesome and then it was just a really big weekend for me and like to end the year off in a really on a really good note um and obviously like going into the next season it gave me a lot of confidence and like to be in the press conference where i have you know the two dudes next to me <laughs> saying they're going to the twins cup and i'm like yep I'm going to. <laughs> I'll see you there. Yeah, it was it was cool. So I was. What do you happy. What do you think your like breakthrough was, like where the where you just felt like you could race him? I mean, I was actually really surprised at Road Atlanta because I I had talked to JP about it. You know, I was like, I really want to be in the front group, 
and I want to be there. I want to be there every weekend, and I want to be there. And he's like, you're going to do it. I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> I've had like, one of those talks it. with JP. He does that to me all the time. I still and, don't believe him. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, <laughs> and I was there that weekend. And it was it was crazy. And I think, but honestly, where it really clicked for me was after, like, Road America on. I mean, Road America, you can't really go too much off of that. But I think, like, my mentality kind of changed there. And then I had to change again after Laguna. Um, just because of the weekend, I just, I felt like I had to reevaluate the way I was looking at the weekend. Um, because we were, we were kind of put in a really bad spot after that. And, uh, it was, you know, obviously at Brainerd, it was, it was a really emotional weekend. And then, you know, going forward, we had some issues at Pittsburgh and overall it was just like, it was, it was a big, big thing all year. We had, we had a lot going on, but. Like I said, a lot of that made me a better rider. Now, you talk about that and the mentality. I mean, you got some big sponsors on and stuff like that. It all kind of pressures on. You're 15 years old. I mean, how do you how do you deal with that? Um, <laughs> all those all those stresses and, and whatnot. Is it, you know, we, all, we always talk about you got to keep it fun. Yeah. Is that something that's big for you? Or do you, are you a big mental person or you just go out and do it? Like, I th- I, it's a big mix of a lot of that, honestly. Yeah, okay. I mean, like, if you're not having fun there's no point in doing it I mean of course you've devoted all this time and you want to keep going because you've devoted all this time but if you're not having fun there's really no point in going out there and I continue to have fun doing it like it especially like moving up classes and even through like the struggles and having really low lows I felt like the highs after that were so worth it 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 just it made everything better so I, I always look at that. I feel like I have a really positive outlook on things like that, which is really key to a big part of it. But, like, mentality is a huge, huge deal. Like, for me, I mean, it's like I try I try to, like, cal- be calm and, like, fun during the day. And then when I have to do my work, I'm doing my work. That's <laughs> that's my work. <laughs> and I, But I enjoy doing it. And it's, like, even if I'm talking about serious things on the bike or if I'm – having a tough day and whatever, I'm going to try try to have fun doing it, no matter what. Have you ever worked with anybody like a mental coach or anything like that before? No, I, I actually haven't. I mean, I just, I feel like a lot of it I'm, I've worked on on myself, and I, I feel like I've, I've been almost fortunate in a way to have that because I feel like going forward, too, it's, it, it has really helped me, like, with guidance. Like, you, you kind of... You're gonna, you're always gonna have lows, but like, finding out how to deal with them is the biggest issue, and I feel like I've had to had to do that a couple of times. You know, not only in just racing, but just in like personal things. And it's it's cool to kind of be involved in a couple of things like that. Even in in other sports too, you have those kinds of uh, things with whether it's injury or you know performance yeah. things like that so and is yeah. your is your dad heavily involved behind the scenes or do you, does he kind of let you do your thing when you're on track and whatnot is he is he like a coach or he, he does he kind of let you do your own deal is he, he a moto dad <laughs> quite a bit <laughs> okay, okay. No, well because like he's not here so like he's obviously cut the cord some things and he's probably at the gym right now we were worried he was just gonna be standing there <laughs> I know, the whole time I'm just like looking like probably pumping some iron right now at the gym <laughs> to be honest no but no, he uh, he does a lot of the like mechanic work, and really, what he, like obviously, like I said, I don't have a manager, so it's like he's doing that kind of stuff too. 
and trying to make sure that all my deals are going well and making sure that, you know, obviously, like I said, I'm 15. So, I, you know, some deals might not be in my best interest. So he's trying to figure that out as well. And, um, you know, from a biz- business perspective. And so, uh, yeah, he does that kind of stuff. But, like, mentality-wise and other things, um, I either deal with that on my own or <laughs> ask for my mom's help with that. <laughs> okay. What about has Josh given you any advice so far that that kind of changed things a little bit for you? Yeah, I think you know there's there's a lot of things that he said even in the short time that I've I've been with him that have really stuck with me, and it's just a lot of stuff that y- you think about, um, especially when you're on the track too, like not just stuff that you think about now, like with with it this just being you know steps into my career, not this is you know. Obviously, it's important to be, to do well where I'm at, but this won't make or break my future, right? So it's it's good to think about those things, but also like writing, you know, writing technique things that you don't really think about. You just do them and, you know, understanding why you're going fast. And I feel like I was able to be better at that, um, you know, in the past. Like I've I've been able to kind of understand what my strong suits were and as well as what I needed to work on or what I needed from the bike, things like that. And that's all stuff that I learned um, this past season that was really, really important to my, I think, development. But, yeah, hmm. he's it's, it's really cool to be around someone like that. That's cool. Yeah, he, he <laughs> we were testing at Button Willow yesterday. Uh, more or less, he was just telling me to kind of grow up a little bit and get out there and get to work. <laughs> yeah. I was taking my time getting going. He's like... Dude, what's wrong with you? <laughs> like, what do you yeah, mean? Yeah, he's he's hard like I'm that like, too. It's yeah. forty two like, degrees just do out. It. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like it's it's cold out. You want to ride my bike or what? <laughs> you know? uh, but yeah, no, I mean, I think I think Josh has got obviously he's got a lot of history and a lot of knowledge. So hopefully you can soak that up like a sponge. I think I think you're already starting to. So that's yeah. really really cool. Um, we're we're getting pretty deep into this. I had a couple little things. Um. You told us, but for everybody else, how do you pronounce your last name? Yaakov. Yeah, Yaakov. Kayla Yaakov. Yaakov. And where yeah. does that come from? Like where, Israel. Where, yeah. Israel. Okay. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, my dad's Israeli. A lot of people think it's Russian. <laughs> yeah. I, I, me. Yeah. <laughs> totally me. Yeah. Whoa. But, no. So is, is your family from yeah, Israel? My, my dad's side, yeah. But my dad's side's from like, uh, well, my grandfather's from Israel. Um, my grandmother on my father's side is American, and then on my mom's side, my grandmother's American, and then my grandfather's uh, Puerto Rican. Oh, wow. So, yeah. Okay. That's cool. Yeah. That's cool. Well, we got one other one we've been asking everybody. <laughs> well, I want to go one first. Do you have, like, a dream uh, bike that you would, like, would like to ride? Like, do you, like, have something on the wall, like a Repsol Honda, or a... Do you have, like, a livery bike that you would love? Before, it was, like, a TZ250. Okay. I always wanted to ride one. Um, now... I mean, I don't... I don't know. Okay. Like, I've... I've been... I've been able to ride some pretty cool things, and, like, even the bikes I'm on now, I'm just having so much fun on them. So it's, like, kind of... It's kind of hard to be, like... What do I want to ride now? But like TZ250 is probably something I still want to ride. Hmm. That's interesting. That's like left field for me. I wouldn't <laughs> have guessed that. Yeah. That's cool. Like that obviously you you think of like MotoGP bikes 100%. to like yeah. ride, and that would be cool. But at the same time, you're like you know, 
It's a MotoGP bike. <laughs> have nothing. you ever watched anything like on the 500s or the two stroke, 500 two strokes or anything? I, I mean, I've seen them, but yeah. <laughs> me, on, uh, I, I wouldn't want to be on one of those. <laughs> That's too much. That's way too much. <laughs> All right, hit it. You got Go. another one? Do, no, I'm good. That was it. That was it. Do it, man. <laughs> Send it off. Send All it right. off. So, basically, you're on death row in jail for some uh -huh. reason. We don't know why. Maybe you can give us a reason. Arson. Arson. Whoa, Arson. that was quick. That was okay. quick. I'm sorry. That was too I, quick. I, <laughs> Holy smokes. Are you a pyro? Hey, no, did you I listen had... to the first pod? Was that? No. You had this ready to go? <laughs> no, no like, because. I know why I'm Joe. <laughs> no, because I like had this conversation with, I think, Melissa. Not with like death row, but. Well, like, oh, Melissa was probably got pretty dark. No, actually, it might have. we might have been cycling and there was like cops around us or something. And I said, I was like, it's probably from me. And it was probably arson, <laughs> but I I'm sorry that's so like wild. It's but okay. okay, keep going. All Are right. you a death metal kind of girl too? Like, what do you listen to? Because like, now yeah. I'm starting to kind of kind of curious. So I li like my music is pretty broad. Like I have a pretty wide variety, but like I listen to a lot of corn. Like oh okay so, yeah. yep. Like that's goes, that's that probably goes with arson. <laughs> that's probably corn. Well, wow, I've been listening to a long. What's your favorite song? Ooh, that's a hard one, <laughs> dude. I could, oh. I could just see so the many. hair now. Right? <laughs> just head back. Like, <laughs> recently with Corn, it's been like, Got the Life, Word Up. Uh, obviously, you have like the, the classic ones are so good. Do they even make music anymore? Yeah, they do. Really? Uh, you know, a lot of it's more <laughs> newer newer things. Like, they had a, uh, there was an album called the, the Path of Totality, and that's like a, it was like a dubstep album. It's actually really crazy and super wild. But like, yeah, we went when we went to Buttonwillow. I went to Bakersfield because they're from Bakersfield, and uh, they also had makes a lot of sense. <laughs> yeah, they had like uh, like signs and like things there, like plaques, and so I took a picture with a bunch of that stuff. Huh. Um, but yeah, no, I, I listen to a lot of corn now, and then like, you know, I listen to like things like Red Hot Chili Peppers or um, Sublime or uh, you know. I know it's like trending, but I listened to it all before it was trending. It was like uh, Nirvana, Soundgarden, STP, um, and then like I listened to like the Neighborhood, like stuff like that. Um, I it's you it's love music. I really you love can music. I can tell like that I'm just, really into you like it. hit the switch. Yeah, I'm, have you played an, uh, an instrument or anything? Yeah, I play guitar. <sighs> yeah. I could see it like lead guitar or like bass. Uh, no, I play like acoustic. I play a lot, and I'm pro I'm getting a new guitar soon, so it should be should be good. I get an Ibanez. Well, so. when you when you win a championship, Dunlop will have one for you. I know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've looked at those before. I'm like, man, so close. But no, yeah, I play I play guitar, and then like uh, when I was in school, like going into school, I uh, I played in band. I played the saxophone. Oh, my sister <laughs> plays that. That's cool. Yeah, alto cool. saxophone. Um and. For a little bit, I played, like, keyboard. I wasn't really good at it, though. And then, um, like, a little bit of ukulele, but I preferred guitar. What? Yeah. Ukulele? That's yeah, crazy. Play ukulele. I think when you're... No, that's the recorder. Yeah, <laughs> where Everyone plays the like, recorder. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so if you could be a rock star or, or a, a MotoGP rider, which would you pick? Oh, a MotoGP rider. Oh, but, okay. But yeah. it, like... I, I had a conversation with, like, Dave Schwartz today because they were doing, like, the Young Guns thing, and it was like, what would you be if you weren't a motorcycle racer? I, I, I think, like, a musician. Like, I feel like... What's that song? Which one? Corn? He's trying to look it up. Oh. 
well, I listen like Got the Life. That's you. You would know life. it. Oh, I know this song. This is like your jam. Oh, I listen to this is, one all the time right now. Have you not listened to this? this yeah. Is, listen would to you corn. listen? Would oh, you, I listen to this. Yeah. Would you listen before your race? Of course. I listen to that all the time. <laughs> Dude, That's what? Why, but like, you probably know Freak on the Leash. Like, you, oh, pr- you have to know I that don't one. Know. That's I, like their. Like, their yeah, 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 yeah. That's wow. so good. Oh, <laughs> would you consider yourself like an old soul or what? I, a lot of people say that. Like, <laughs> I whenever, wonder why. <laughs> a lot of people say that, and I mean, it's from like the music I listen to, or how I speak, or like what I talk about. You know what I wear, even like a lot of people have kind of said that, especially like Melissa and Josh, like with staying with them, they've said it a lot. But <laughs> yeah, I you know I just kind of enjoy that style, and yeah. That's funny. Wow. But that's like, funny. yeah, with with music, I, I'm super into music. Like, I that's I listen to a lot of music. Like this, oh yeah, like Eminem, even Eminem, Metallica. Uh, that those were I had like phases throughout the year that I was going through like sta- stages <laughs> 15, of. She's had like three three stages so far. <laughs> well, it was like, <laughs> like holy crap! Was How still, young were you? <laughs> Are you listening to the explicit to. versions of those or the non-explicit? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. You can't. I mean, it doesn't make it fun if it's not. <laughs> wow. I feel like that's not even a thing anymore, though. When I was a kid, it was like, you know, you, you couldn't you couldn't buy the CDs. Yeah. Had to, everything, yeah, everything. Yeah. Eminem would just be like silent the yeah. whole song. You couldn't I know. Yeah. Yeah. Now it doesn't exist. No. Dude. No, it was like with each mentality switch, I was like, all right, we're going to a different genre, and then it was just kind of like, all right, I'm I'm fine where, with where I'm at, and then I just threw everything back into it, but. <laughs> Yeah, no. Some it's, Beethoven. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, when I'm doing my schoolwork, that's pretty good because the, I'm not <laughs> focusing. Well, I'm not focusing on the lyrics because if I listen to a song I like, I'll get into it. Like I'm, I'm, I'm into it. Like karaoke. <laughs> oh yeah. What? Of course. Of course. I, How come we never done the karaoke? Doesn't don't they do karaoke in Moto America? I've oh, seen. Uh, I, was it the see, Max Flinders did it, it like two years ago? I was gonna something. do it at Laguna. And then, like, I had to do, like, a media thing. Like, I had to do, like, mm. a YouTube video. So you're bombed. This guy. Yeah. You'd was, rather do, like, a, well, your own music video? <laughs> I'd do my own music video. Yeah, but, that, no, that's that's something I thought about. Like, I, I'm super into music. And that's, you know, if... I'm Not to say that I'd be, like, great at it or anything, but it's it's a good hobby that I really like. Have that's you awesome. made any songs? Like, it's... Well, I, I've, like... I've, like, written a few things... But like, I wish we'd have known. You could have played it. You could have debuted it right here. Are you but kidding me? A lot of the stuff that I write, it's it's just it's hard to put into like playing and singing and playing at the same time is like a completely different thing. It's super hard to do, especially if you're trying to do like complex melodies, not something that's just a few chords. Which it, not everything needs to be like that, but I kind of would want something like that. I want something a little bit more complex. Um, but. Yeah. Okay. Well, tangent. Yeah. Tangent over. All, All right, right. Back well, to death row yeah, meal. So you, you're in for arson. All right. Yeah, let's go back. What's your death row meal? What would you? Eat? What was you? If you had one meal left on on this earth, what would it be? And you can have a drink too. Yeah. Non-alcoholic. Non-alcoholic, of course. Yeah. Man. <laughs> okay. I'd probably. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> no. No. I oh wouldn't God. go that far. <laughs> no. Um. You know, that's that's a hard question because like. I'm I'm tied in between, like, 
either like Mexican food or Mission steak. Tortilla. I was 100 percent waiting for Mission that. Mission tortilla chips. <laughs> mission tortilla shells. Yeah. <laughs> mission salsa. <laughs> yeah, mission chips, mission salsa, mission tortillas. Just the tortillas though, with salsa in the. T- okay, sponsor plug, but <laughs> yeah. if this was the last one, I mean, it could be it. But what would it? it w- well, we can do like a like a uh, like a cardboard cutout with me behind bars with like my tortilla <laughs> chips. <laughs> no, but I, I think. If I'd probably do like a really nice steak with like asparagus rice, um, and then like th- I, it would depend on the drink. It was it would be how I felt that day. It would either be like, you know, something basic like a sprite, or I'd have like um, a milkshake or like Chick Fil A frosted lemonades are like mm-hmm. peak. Oh yeah. So I'd I'd peak. probably get something like that. Peak. I don't know if I've heard that one yet. I mean, not, not a lot of people say that. Yeah, He's going to be saying that, like, every week Dude, now. that's it. That's my new word. Dude, peak. <laughs> Yo, you can hear Caleb peak. <laughs> all right, so there we have it. Um, where can people uh, follow you on, on all the internet stuff? Yeah, uh, I, I have Facebook, Instagram, TikTok. Um, just all your name or how? Yeah, a lot of it's just my name, like, Kayla underscore Yaakov or Kayla Yaakov, Kayla Yaakov Racing. Um, and Do you have a YouTube? I, I did, but I don't think I uploaded it. Like, mm-hmm. I haven't uploaded it no, in like five anything. years. They say that YouTube is the Just thing. you gotta be YouTube. Yeah. Do you have a TikTok? I do, yeah. Do you dancing videos or? <laughs> uh, you wouldn't want to see me dance. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you would not want to see me dance. Yeah, me neither. I mean, well, like, I could probably do the worm and that's about it. Like, that's the extent <laughs> of my dancing. That would probably go viral. That'd be yeah. a good one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah that's, that's about it. Like, I can't do much, much else from that, but. Well, right, it's been cool. unreal. I, I think this was way longer than I thought it was going to be. You're an amazing guest, and the insight you have is uh, is incredible, and you're so far forward than the sport itself, in my opinion. I think you're thinking so far ahead, and I, I think it's super cool. I can't wait to watch you now that I know you like pretty well and continue to watch <laughs> now you. Now we're best friends. <laughs> now that we're like peak. And, peak uh, buddies. You know, so I'm super excited, and yeah, thank you so much for coming on. And I appreciate it. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm excited. I hope you. I hope you beat up on these guys again. I don't know who else is in the Twins Cup class this year, but I'm. Uh, we'll be pulling for you. I appreciate and it. And if you, uh, you know, whenever you win your championship, because we know it's coming, we'll bring you back on the pod. Of course. We want, we awesome. want a guitar solo though. Yeah. Next time with the championship. We'll get it. With the we'll championship get in the guitar. End. <laughs> awesome. Thank you so awesome. much. Thank, thank you. you guys.